You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. The next hoax, remember Russia, 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 impeachment number one, impeachment number two, they still think they can take Trump out. They're like cartoon characters uh, after Roadrunner. Here they go again, and Joe Biden is actually musing out loud, according to the New York Times. Take a look, uh, published this weekend. As recently as late last year, Mr. Biden confided to his inner circle that he believed former President Donald J. Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted. Biden has said privately that he wanted Mr. Garland, the attorney general, to act less like a ponderous judge and more like a prosecutor. And they think they have him on January 6th. No mention about how they're not going to account for the hundreds of riots that resulted in loss of life, loss of property, uh, general disorder versus the one solitary moment on January 6th. They're just going to look past all that and start applying pressure on Merrick Garland, who looks, quite frankly, like he could buckle under the pressure. Liberals have been coming after him for a long time, saying, what else do you need? Prosecute the president. Go for it. Do it. Um, I think he's going to try to do it. I do. Um, Over the weekend, the White House is saying, we have nothing to do about this. I don't believe them. Take a look. I've never heard the president uh, say that uh, uh, advocate the prosecution of any person. Uh, Look, uh, one reason why Joe Biden got elected was he promised that we take the decision over who got prosecuted and what away from the White House and put it in the Justice Department. Only Richard Nixon and Donald Trump in the modern era believed that prosecution decisions should be made in the Oval Office, not at the Justice Department. Wait. He's forgetting Barack Obama and Joe Biden, who plotted, schemed in the Oval Office together. It is a matter of public record. January 5th, 2017, we have Peter Strzok's notes. They were trying to find a way to get General Flynn. Remember that phony baloney case? And Vice President Biden, what was he saying out loud? Get him on the Logan Act. The Logan Act is this flimsy law that's never actually enforced. It governs private citizens engaging in foreign policy, and it was totally not applicable. But Joe Biden said, sure, let's give it a shot. Everything seemed to be on the table, so much so that some people were uncomfortable with the meeting. Susan Rice afterwards wrote an email to herself. Uh, President Obama reiterated that our law enforcement team needs to proceed as it normally would. By the book. Now, why would she write that? And why would Barack Obama have to say that? I want you to get this guy. Uh, But do it by the book, of course. I think the message was sent 
and receive. Now, Joe Biden has lied about this. Ooh, in spectacular fashion. I love it when he just gets caught outright. Take a look. So what did you know about those moves to investigate uh, Michael Flynn? And was there anything improper done? I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn, number one. Number two, this is all about diversion. This is a game this guy plays all the time. I do want to press that. You say you didn't know anything about it, but you were reported to be at a January 5th, 2017 meeting where you and the president were briefed on the FBI's plan to question Michael Flynn over those conversations he had with the Russian ambassador Kislyak. Now, I thought you asked me whether or not I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I was aware that there was, that, there, that they asked for an investigation. But that's all I know about it. Uh, that's all I know, that there was an investigation, even though 10 seconds ago I knew, what did he say? He said he knew nothing about the investigation, right? So what did you know about those moves to investigate uh, Michael Flynn? And was there anything improper done? I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn. Okay, knows nothing about the investigation. Moves to investigate Michael Flynn. Ten seconds later? I thought you asked me whether or not I had anything to do with him being prosecuted. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I was aware that there was, that there, they asked for an investigation. But that's all I know about it. Uh, that's all I know. I only know about the investigation, which I just said I knew nothing about. Comes so easy to this guy, doesn't it? Lying. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that because Hunter is in trouble. Now, we've known for years this guy was bad news. We also know that Joe Biden is bad news. He's implicated in all of it. So you're going to see a lot of dishonesty. We saw some over the weekend by that Klain guy you saw a moment ago. This is the chief of staff who just might be running the country right now because Joe's not up to it. I want to just be really clear. These are actions by uh, Hunter and his brother. They're private matters. They don't involve the president. They don't involve the president. That's not according to the witnesses. That's not according to the laptop. This is huge and it's going to get huger. Tony Bobolinsky, anybody? I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At, approxi- a, at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe that night, we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. Bobolinsky is a real person, naval veteran, successful businessman. He exists. He has a story to tell. Who knows? Maybe he's already told it to the grand jury. Um, Joe Biden knows stuff. We know this, that Joe Biden showed up at a restaurant in Washington, D.C. when he was vice president to meet Hunter and some uh, shady guys from Kazakhstan. And this was planned. Uh, Hunter, to his business associates, said the meeting is ostensibly about uh Food security, because he was on some phony baloney uh, World Food Organization, ostensibly means officially, but it's really up to uh, it's about other things. Dad will be there, but keep that between us for now. How about that? huh? 
And of course, Burisma, a high-profile, prominent Burisma official, thanked Hunter for arranging a meeting, inviting him to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. His English isn't so hot. This is uh, Vadim Parzarsky. He is an official or was an official with the board of Burisma. Maybe Burisma did, after all, as I believe, really want that prosecutor out of power in Ukraine. His name was Shokin. Here he is. And here Joe Biden is on the phone with the president of the country trying to get this guy out of power. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about him doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. His promise to do Joe a favor and get rid of the prosecutor and the president makes a point to say, even though the guy did nothing wrong, I'm doing this as a favor to you. In all of Joe Biden's eight years as vice president, I wonder if he ever picked up the phone and tried to get a prosecutor fired anywhere in the world other than Ukraine, where his son was working for a significant company, and the company was known to have issues with that prosecutor. No wonder why Joe gets so touchy, so offended when anybody brings any of this up. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business And so how do you know? Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader? If that's what happened, that appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. You know, when you're running for a big office, you get asked questions about all kinds of things. This one always set him off. And I think that's a giveaway. Don't you? It always did set him off. How was your role as vice president in, uh, in charge of policy in Ukraine and your son's job in Ukraine? How is that not a conflict of interest? It's not a conflict of interest. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else. Period. I'm not going to I'm not going to respond to that. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man, what he's doing that no president has ever done. No president. The anger, the defensiveness, the aggression, all of it. I think he's really vulnerable. He knows it. I know it. You know it. We know it. And that's why he wants to go after Trump. That, would def- that might solve a lot of problems. What's that quote again from the New York Times this weekend? Mr. Biden believed former President Donald J. Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted. Calling him that a threat to democracy potentially gives the president a lot of power to stop a threat to democracy. It's all a lie, of course. And the idea that President Trump is responsible for January 6th. I'd like to go to the swamp. A career prosecutor wrote for the Wall Street Journal in 2021, early 2021. The president did not commit incitement or any other crime. The president did not mention violence on Wednesday. 
much less provoke or incite it. And this guy's job was prosecuting people for starting riots. When Mr. Trump spoke, there was no public disturbance, only a rally. The disturbance came later at the Capitol by a small minority who entered the perimeter and broke the law. And by the way, some of them, as we've all seen, were allowed to enter the perimeter, were allowed to enter the Capitol. We've got to get those issues settled. So don't forget also, President Trump urged people to go home all afternoon via Twitter and a statement at 417. Go home. We love you, but you got to go home. Respect law enforcement. Remember all that? They're hoping you don't. And they're hoping that this Merrick Garland guy buckles, and I think he will, actually. He doesn't look very strong. He's already politicized the Justice Department big time. And uh, I think he's going to do the president's bidding because right now, Joe Biden is desperate. He's scared. The entire presidency seems to be crumbling. He clearly can't handle the job. And here's where Donald Trump made a, made a big mistake. In 2016, he talked tough, and this is as, you have to be this tough, actually. Do you remember the debate with Hillary Clinton this moment? It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. (laughs) Oh, that was something. But unfortunately, and I love President Trump, and I hope he comes back, it was a line. It worked, helped him win the debate, win the election. But when it came time to governing, he didn't make good on that. In some ways, he's a very nice guy. He's not as ruthless as they say. You called a crooked Hillary, said you wanted to get in jail. Your people and your audiences kept saying, lock him up. Yeah. Well, she do did, you want she to did put some it, bad things? I mean, she I did know, some but bad a things. A special prosecutor? You I think don't want to might... hurt them. I don't want to hurt them. They're, they're good people. I don't want to hurt them. It's got a good heart. But they want to hurt you, Mr. President. And I think you've got to get them to the full extent of the law, all right? Whatever the law allows here, because they play for keeps. It's a lesson possibly you should learn from their playbook. When we come back, the Oreo, the woke Oreo. Have you heard about this? Believe it or not, this kid right here, this is an Oreo commercial. It is the strangest, weirdest thing. Oreo cookie, right? He comes out to his family, comes out as gay. What does that have to do with cookies? Absolutely nothing. But that's just how crazy everything is right now. Be right back. Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All I can say is is that that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And the fake 
news, they seem to think that anything LGBTQ must be beautiful, must be pure. People who are LGBTQ are inherently superior, um, more open-minded, just more sophisticated, illuminated. I don't know what the hell the deal is. I just know that people are people. There are gay people who are bad, gay people who are good. There are straight people who are bad, straight people who are good. But that's not the way the media portray it. Anything LGBTQ related must be holistic, must be for the betterment of society. I don't think that's true. There are plenty of bad people under that rainbow. And here's the proof. Pushing a sexualized curriculum uh, on children, that's bad. I don't like it. I'm sure you don't like it. And oh, by the way, a lot of people who work at Disney, they don't like it either. Yeah, sure. The loud mouths are uh, hitting the streets and just protesting bills they haven't even read that won't affect them and all kinds of, well, look, it's fun to walk out during lunch, right? It's fun to give the boss a hard time because they made what you perceive to be a mistake or somebody told you was a mistake. Just giving the boss a hard time is a good time for most people. No one's talking about this, though. Uh, Disney, for as woke as it claims to be, they're actually providing product to countries who are openly anti-gay. I mean, big time anti-gay. Disney Plus, the streaming service, you can get it in Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, the Palestinian territories, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Qatar, all places, by the way, where being gay is essentially illegal. And in two of these countries, the penalty, I believe, is death. Yes, in Saudi Arabia and Yemen. But Disney Plus, go ahead and stream Disney content. Uh, <laughs> uh, they don't have a problem with this. They're, they're protesting Florida and Governor DeSantis, but they're not walking off the job where you can get Disney Plus in Mecca, Saudi Arabia. That doesn't make much sense, does it? Neither does this. Nobody. Hey, President Trump, I want to stay hell. on the issue Excuse of race. Me. We're Take talking about the, the issue. From hell. President Trump, we're, we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. Oh, remember when they all shut it down? Anytime President Trump got any momentum going about Joe Biden's issues and the laptop, and it was always, no, 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 we must, uh, we must move along. Well, now everybody knows the laptop is real, and they've changed their tune a little bit. They're still trying to protect Joe, but take a look. During the last presidential debate, then Vice President Biden was asked if there was anything inappropriate or unethical about his son's relationships, business dealings in China and or Ukraine. The president said nothing was unethical. He went on to say, my son has not made money in terms of this thing about what you're talking about, China. Does the White House stand by that comment that the then Vice President made? And of course they do. Uh, <laughs> And everything here at the White House has nothing to do with Hunter Biden, blah, 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 blah. But that question was a question a year and a half ago, and they posed it in the least aggressive, the least confrontational way, and in the most polite way. Even that same reporter, she's referring to her own question at the debate, her own lame question. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for a Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Inappropriate, unethical. Try 
illegal. And that's where we are now, illegal. And some have observed that the house of cards seems to be crumbling. As you know, I don't speak for Hunter Biden, so there's not more I can say on that. Uh, is it your understanding it's the president's view that as he looks at all of Hunter Biden's business dealings with his uncle, that uh, neither Hunter Biden nor James Biden committed any crimes or did anything that was unlawful? So I don't have anything further to add from this podium. We addressed this uh, with The Washington Post. We pointed to statements uh, that were made in the fall of 2020 when we addressed these questions, and I don't have anything additional to add from this podium. Can I ask you if there have been, if you're aware, if there have been any discussions here inside this White House about whether the president might use his pardon or commutation power with respect to either his son or his brother? That's not a hypothetical I'm going to entertain. I don't have anything to add from this podium. I know Hunter Biden is not a government employee. You don't speak for him. Has the president read these reports? Do you guys take them to him when the inquiries come in? And what has been his reaction to them? I don't have anything additional to add on this from the podium, but thank you. Hey, the new press secretary uh, stinks, by the way. Uh, They never had to work too hard because the press did so much of the work for them. Even the uh, unofficial watchdog of the media does the bidding of the Trump administration. This is Reliable Sources on CNN. Take a look at this nonsense. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, live in New York. And this is Reliable Sources, where we examine the story behind the story. And we figure out what's really reliable. (laughs) What's really reliable? Well, over there, they're still sticking to their guns that the laptop cannot be reliable. That must be misinformation. Uh, So much of what they do is simply covering for Democrats and trying to vilify conservative media. That's what it's all about. That's not what that show is always about. Reliable Sources. I actually grew up on it with this guy. Welcome to a CNN special. I'm Bernard Kalb. Reliable sources is what this program is called, and the title tells it all. They really did. It was terrific. And they they criticized mainstream media, conservative media, liberal media. And this guy had experience. He served in World War II. He had senior diplomatic posts. He he knew something about the world. Now they have this other guy. I'm sorry. He knows uh, cable news, and, and that's about it. Um, And the way they handle this parental rights bill in Florida, the way they mischaracterize it, not only this show, but all of CNN. You know, we've read the bill together here on this show. We've explained it. We've um, we've talked to officials. We people understand and you can download it and read it. This is what you're going to get from CNN if you want information from them. One sided, totally skewed and foolish. I do want to ask you about Florida's uh, don't say gay bill. Uh, Your your husband, Chaston, is speaking out against the legislation. He he says in particular uh, that it could lead to more suicides among LGBTQ youths. President Biden has slammed the bill as well. In your view, is this dangerous legislation? Absolutely. Yeah. And and the reason is that it uh, tells uh, youth uh, who are different or whose families are different that uh, there's something wrong with them out of the gate. Wow. That's uh, over and done with, right? It's a don't say gay bill. It's dangerous. It causes suicides. According to that guy's husband, that is not a free and fair conversation. We are having a very stilted one in America, a very silly one to avoid a consequential conversation about this and a host of other matters like race. All right. One more thing on the slap. Um, (laughs) Well, a couple of things. It's okay for 
it's okay for me to talk about this right now. It is, even though some people say it's not because I am a white male. I could not possibly know what it's like to walk in these guys' shoes. In a way, they're right. I mean, Will Smith is super famous and rich. Take a look at this guy. I mean, and he's he's been household name famous for 20 years. Everybody liked that guy. Well, until recently. How about Chris Rock? He's funny. And he's also been a household name for at least since the 90s. He's done some great stuff. I like him, too. He's a native New Yorker, by the way. But um, I can't say anything more according to MSNBC because, I'm sorry, but according to them, this is a black thing. That's how they actually put it. That we, if you happen to be white like me, I don't care, but if you are, we can't understand and we can't say anything about this. Take a look. What we saw in this incident, even though, you know, it happened in front of everybody, it was about how black people relate to each other. So it's hard to explain to a white person what the difference is between an open handed slap and Mm -hmm. a punch is because they Mm -hmm. consider it all violent. I can you understand an open slap from a punch? I think we can. I think the distinction has nothing to do with race. And oh, by the way, yes, it's, it is violent, either a slap or a punch. But uh, this actually happened on MSNBC during the day. Next. I am from right. East Cleveland. I would like to say that I've seen harder slaps at family spades tournaments than what happened on that stage. That's why a lot of black people were not greatly affected by it. I've seen people get shot, okay? This still was a big deal, and it's irrespective of race. Next. I'll try to put this in context for, um, you know, our, our, our white fellow countrymen as best I can. And really, truly, uh, black America, there is a commonality amongst us all. And if we went to a white person's home and it was their family dinner and we were sitting there at the table and the mother hauled off and slapped the father and everybody at that table has an opinion. You know, the sister is like, Mom, you always do this. And the brother is like, I can't believe you guys are doing this. And dad is like, you're terrible. If I weigh in as the guest in this home and I say, yeah, you guys are terrible. Everybody's like, I'm sorry. When did you? get an opinion. This is our family table. That's what this moment felt like for many of us. And there's a nuance to what happened. Uh, The nuance is, I think, a code word for racism uh, that she's displaying. By the way, if anybody comes over to my house and my mother hits my father, I would expect you to say something uh, at the very least. Next. I think it is utterly ridiculous to center this conversation in the opinions of white folks. Um, This is just about what happened there. The jumping off point should not be, oh, but what might the white people think about it? It's just this moment between those two men. Uh, Yes, uh, white people, uh, again, stay the heck out of it. Those two men who are household name famous, it's okay for people to have an opinion. All right, I'm almost done with this. Go anybody who looked at this as an excuse to have a bad attitude about black people had a bad attitude already. We don't have to live our life based on what white people might think about us. Miss me with that. All right. I have a bad attitude about her, Tiffany Cross, and I have a bad attitude about the guests, what they said. I don't know anything more about them other than that, although the one actress I think was in Reno 911 and I thought she was pretty good. Uh, Let's see. I do have also a bad attitude, I think against a multinational corporation named Comcast. 
I mean, this isn't some fly-by-night weirdo cable channel, uh, Wayne's World style. This is corporate America. This is their opinion. Daytime t- Comcast. Big skyscrapers. Weird things are happening. I don't know why corporate America is going so woke. Take a look at Nabisco, by the way. Nabisco, the cookie company, right? They make a lot of cookies, including Oreos, which, oh, by the way, let's face it, Oreos aren't so hot. You have to dunk them in milk. If not, they're way too dry, almost gravelly. So this is a a, no kidding, a real commercial for Oreo cookie. You're not going to see an Oreo cookie in the commercial. You are going to see a young man have anxiety about coming out as gay to his family. What this has to do with cookies, I have absolutely no idea, but (laughs) they actually made this. That was a cookie commercial. And the young man is going to go tell, I think, his grandparents, if I followed it correctly, that he's gay. Uh, To which I have a feeling they're going to say, we already knew. What's wrong with having a cookie commercial about the cookies? Oh, 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 bright ideas and an Oreo cookie. It's a bright idea to dunk it. Crunch it or unscrew it or to lick it or to trick it. But no matter what you do, it's true. It's fun to munch a creamy, crunchy chocolate. O-R-E-O. See what I mean? See what I mean? This is this is what a cookie commercial should be, all right? And if you want to get more fancy than that, bring in the cookie monster. I like that guy too. Cookie. Um, seriously, to sexualize cookies, to make it about sexual orientation. That's crazy stuff. They really do seem to be coming after the kids, don't they? It's actually happening. I'm glad I'm in a position to push back. Let's do this together. All right, stay with us. Highlights from the Trump rally uh, Saturday night. He was spectacular. Be right back. George Soros, America's most controversial billionaire, is backing far-left district attorneys who are going easy on crime. Rob Schmidt looks at the shocking truth about Soros and the DAs all this week. Watch Rob Schmidt tonight. So, did you see the Trump rally on Saturday night? I saw most of it. I watched the rest of it the next day, and uh, it was excellent. Take a look. Remember, as almost everyone said... I was right about everything, and that's true. I was right about everything. Fuel, the border, the military. And you were right, too. You were right, too. When I'm right, you're right. 
You had a president who not only completely rebuilt our military, including the addition of Space Force. Remember, they smiled. Remember that? But you also had a president who always put our country first. It was America first, always. And that was great. Now we have a president who seems to be compromised. Ukraine, Russia, China. More. We should have zero tolerance for woke CEOs who get rich off the world's worst human rights abusers abroad while they push radical politics into our classrooms. The American people will not sit idly by and allow our children to be indoctrinated, segregated, and mutilated by the lunatic left. Not going to stand for it. Mutilated. Mutilated. Yeah. Gender reassignment for children. That's mutilation. More. Together we're standing up against some of the most sinister forces, entrenched interests, and vicious opponents our people have ever seen, or our country has ever seen. Despite all you are hearing and seeing of China and Russia and Iran and others, our biggest danger is not from outside coming in. Our biggest danger is from the sick and radical politicians that are knowingly or unknowingly wanting to destroy our country. It's the biggest danger. It's a bigger danger than Russia and China. But no matter how big or powerful these corrupt radicals may be, you must never forget this nation does not belong to them. This nation belongs to you, the people that built it. All right, and wrapping things up. Now they've had a chance to destroy our country in four years. So when we go back, if we go back, if it's me, you got a lot of, you get some good candidates and you have some bad candidates. But you know what? If I do make you happy, if I do make you happy, would anybody here like to see me run? Now, the fake news, they can't understand this. Oh, no, it's uh, it's so passe. It's uh, he needs to he doesn't have to do anything. People appreciate it on a Saturday night when he doesn't really need to be there. He's there. Chuck Todd will never be able to figure that out. Does the general public know what Trump's been doing? No. That's <laughs> and and, that's and should they? And I sit here and it's like, this is a reminder. Anytime you, you, you censor, even for the right reasons, do you get the unintended consequence? Censor, even for the right reasons. Censorship. Is, it was right to censor Trump, to kick him off of Twitter, kick him off of Facebook. They're realizing that he's actually having more impact now without those tools. It's amazing how things work. Stay with us. A hero mom who said enough is enough to the school district that was forcing crazy, overly sexualized books on little kids. Be right back. Oh, I love it when this happens. Truth to power. When a mom stands up for her children and uh, calls out horrible behavior. Uh, this uh, You may have seen this video, went viral about a week or so ago, uh, maybe two weeks ago. Michelle Brown, she's from Georgia, 
was speaking out about a pretty inappropriate book that was circulating in the library. And uh, well, she joins us right now. Michelle Brown, welcome to Newsmax, first of all. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me, Greg. You bet. Listen, uh, we're going to show the moment in a we're going to show the big moment in a moment. But uh, did you get satisfaction? Were you able to pull this crazy book? What's it called here? Homecoming. Uh, It's a sexually explicit book about slavery. That's how it's described. You wanted it out of the library. Were you successful? Uh, it's homegoing. Um, no, actually, the board has had zero response to any of the requests that we've put in. Um, they completely ignore us um, and just actually they've been mocking us in, in social media instead of addressing the issue at hand, which is protecting our children from these sexually explicit um, books that are in all of our schools. How old are your kids? Uh, mine are younger. However, I work with a team um, of parents and grandparents who have children from preschool, elementary, middle school, and high school. Um, the book that I read was just a random one from our list. We have over 50 now um, that we found in high schools and in the middle school. Well, this was something else because you started to read from the book itself, the book in question, and it seemed to horrify the people you were speaking to. Let's, uh, let's play that. Here's an excerpt, and I'm going to really try to be careful so I don't get kicked out. Excited now, he pushed into her. As she squeezed her eyes and tightly as she could, her tongue circled her lips. He pushed harder, his breath heavy and labored. She scratched his back, and he cried out. She bit his ear and pulled his hair. There's a lot more to it. It's Fifty Shades of Gray and CCSD. Excuse yes, me. Yes, you are right. Excuse me. Yes. We have children at home. I know it's live streaming and and it's really not appropriate. Don't you find the irony in that? You're exactly saying exactly what I'm telling you. I think I think we have gotten the gist of your information that you wanted to share with us this evening. So you're cutting me off. (laughs) The irony indeed. What happened next? Uh, uh, well, they, they cut me off, um, and nothing has happened since. They haven't taken any action. Um, they, we have submitted these books. They deny our requests. The issue is, is when we submit these books, they buy 20 other copies for the review committee, and when they deny our request, we went from having five to seven copies in the schools to 20 or more in the schools. So we stopped submitting them um, to stop submitting reviews altogether. The process isn't working. So, look, you're in uh, Cherokee County, Georgia. I mean, you're not exactly in San Francisco or, you know, uh, down the block here in New York City. Are you surprised? I mean, like, what what do you think their motivations are? And are you surprised that it's happening where you are? I'm definitely surprised. I live in one of the top, most conservative counties in the state of Georgia. And I'm glad that you have me on because if it's happening in our county, it's happening in your county. Um, We started looking and partnered with No Left Turn in education. They helped us to find some of these books because they've kind of, they've done all the work already. Um, Initially, we were working on gathering data and information on books to help close the loophole in the Georgia obscenity law. So the federal obscenity law is um, it's an illegal for an adult to give minor obscene materials like this. Um, but 43 states have a loophole and that loophole allows these books to be in children's schools and in the libraries in the name of education. If a book is illegal outside of the school, it should be illegal inside of the school. 
totally makes sense. Um, Michelle Brown, please stay in touch. Good luck in your campaign. I have a feeling you will prevail. I don't know when that will happen, but uh, you are on the right side of this. Uh, thank you very much. Michelle Brown uh, from thank Cherokee you. County, Georgia. You bet. Thank you. And we'll be right back. So this is Saturday night in Michigan, and Donald Trump has just introduced John Gibbs. He is a former Trump administration HUD official, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, worked closely with Ben Carson. He is now running for a seat in the United States Congress against a Republican who voted to impeach. He was very impressive Saturday night, and I want to play for you in a moment uh, something that, well, really resonated with me. But first, let's meet the candidate himself, John Gibbs, Republican of Michigan. Sir, welcome to Newsmax. And does a moment like that give you a give you a bump? Does it make a difference fundraising? What happens after you appear with the president at a rally like that? Well, I would say, uh, yes, all the above. You know, it does bump you up on the popularity and the social media engagement and folks coming to the website. So, yeah, you do have all those advantages and those are good. And you do need those things to win a race, especially against someone who's pretty rich and who thinks he can buy his way in there. Uh, but, you know, uh, this thing is just all about saving our country, period. That's what it's all about. we got to get rid of the folks who are selling us out to the highest bidder instead of representing what the people want. I'm excited to be in there doing that. And last evening, uh, Saturday evening, uh, was a, a great time uh, to that end. So first, actually, we're going to play Donald Trump introducing you. He's, uh, he's very impressed. And as you know, I've seen this before. The president really likes uh, resumes with great schools on them. And you've got that. Right. Uh, here's President Trump introducing uh, John Gibbs on Saturday night. A great new candidate for Congress who was a brilliant student at Stanford and Harvard. He went to Stanford. He went to Harvard. He's a brilliant guy. He was a great student. John Gibbs, who, by the way, is running against one of the 10 impeachers. John Gibbs, a brave man, a great man, a brilliant student. Come on up. And, and there you are. Um, listen, you've got President Trump's endorsement. You're a veteran of his administration. So you, you got we're on your side. Make the case, if you would, against your opponent. And we do have problems with his name. Measure, Meyer, Meyer. What's wrong with this guy? Well, you know, uh, so some history here. This district had Justin Amash. That's the same district that we're in. And Justin Amash went in there and decided to impeach Trump over something totally ridiculous. So the people were sick of it. Amash knew it, and he was on his way out of there. So along comes Peter Meyer. He's got all the name ID in the world due to his family's name being on the supermarket chain. And he said, look, I want to be your guy. I'm not going to backstab you like Justin Amash backstab you. But what does he do? Literally days after being a U.S. congressman, days after getting into office, he votes to impeach Trump. It's a total insult to the Constitution, and it's a total insult to the people who put their trust in Peter and voted for him to not do what Justin Amash had just done to them. So he really backs out the people here in the third district and people are upset about it, rightfully so. So that is the biggest problem is just the betrayal, the kick in the teeth. And then, you know, he voted for the big omnibus spending bill a few weeks ago, for example, which is what's driving the record inflation. It's absolutely ridiculous spending going on. Um, he is forced amnesty for those here illegally, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. But he's just shown himself to not really be in tune at all with the people of his district. So we need real leadership, someone that both represents folks here and has experience fighting in D.C. like I have. I told the crowd uh, with Trump, I never swore before I went to D.C. 
<laughs> so it really brings it out in you. But I know what it means to fight there, and I know what it means to be you know, local here and everything. So I, I've got the right ingredients. You also made the observation that President Trump has shown us a model to stop being afraid and do what's right. I've never heard it put just like that. But it's accurate. He has shown a model. He has changed the way people wage politics. And I don't think that's fully appreciated. So I know you appreciate it. I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Gibbs, I'm out of time. Folks, you can go to votejohngibbs.com, votejohngibbs.com for more information. And, sir, we appreciate it so much. Good luck. Thanks so much, Greg. Appreciate it. You bet. And we'll be right back. the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Thank you so much. Stinchfield is next. We appreciate it.